Hello everybody and welcome to Show Hoppers Lost Season 1, Episode 13, Hearts and Minds. I'm Kurt, joined by my former high school teacher, Mr. Sal. Mr. Sal, give us a four-syllable word. Um <laughs> Just Tobogg a four syllable word. Huh? Tobogganing. Tobogganing. Okay, excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I don't know why tobogganing was the first four-syllable word that popped into my mind. Hey, good. I gotta keep you on your toes, as always. I mean, that really did. Good. <laughs> I'm happy you did. So, Were you planning that? I thought about it. I thought about it a few minutes before we started, yeah. I realized. I Yeah, I thought of that one. Okay. okay. Just gotta find ways to keep you on your toes. So, yeah. we watched Hearts and Minds, lost, I guess, minor spoiler warnings for The Leftovers, but I think two major... Uh, I want to guess what you rated it. Yeah, you you do love doing this. I do love guessing. It's it's <clears throat> so you definitely liked it more than last episode. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that, and you gave that one a seven. Okay. I'm questioning whether you gave it an eight or nine. So I know the masses disliked this episode because it was centered around Boone. Yeah, it's definitely I... a lower average IMDb rating than I'm used to seeing for lost episodes. <laughs> By the way, you you really tried to sell me on the fact that I was going to hate this episode. You're going to uh, hate the next. I'm telling you, you're going to hate the next. You told me that about this one. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to hate the next. Um, but now you're telling me that I liked this one better than the last one? Yeah, yeah. Don't mm-hmm. tell me what I can't do. Okay, well, I want to say... Oh, no, you at least gave it an eight. I, I'm 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 worried you get a nine, but I think I'm gonna be mad about the Kate and Jack stuff so much. You put it down to an eight, so eight. That's what I'm saying. You what you rated it? Eight out of ten. Okay. The big reveal. So, My rating. Eight out of ten. Oh, look at that! <laughs> solid eight out of ten, or was it like wavering? Um, it was a solid eight out of ten. Um, I would I would say that if last week I was at seven and a half and I could have been talked up to an eight or down to a seven and you talked me down to a seven, um, I am probably at eight and a half on this one. Probably could be talked up to a nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, really, and I can go over. I'll go over right now. I guess why it's not a nine. Uh, the my my problems were not with Kate and Jack. I'm so over that. I don't even care anymore. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um the and they're not really even problems because i found the hurley stuff really entertaining but again i'm just asking like what's the point of this you, you know that, that that's it's entertaining it's fun but i mean i'm not watching lost for fun oh yeah you're no fun for mr sal well, all work and no play it's it's fun to watch lost but it's not you know I'm not trying to get chuckles out of Lost. You've always been a serious guy, yeah. And I, I should say, like, I like when humor is interjected into stories. And I think it's really awesome that something like The Leftovers has found how to do that. But they do it in the context of the story. Like, the Hurley stuff was very funny and very entertaining. I really enjoyed it. But it distracts from the main story rather than supplementing mm-hmm. or adding to it. But you know we do we do see how Jin is a pretty nice guy, right? Jin was not horrible in this episode. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Almost <laughs> like how he was in the House of the Rising Sun. Stop. And, 
Uh, Always got a reference. minor quibble. That's not even a minor quibble at this point. I'm gen genuinely annoyed by this at this point. Is that how can we have? Is it two? Really, it's three episodes in a in a row. No, two. Two episodes in a row with no Claire, no Ethan. Yeah. See, like, they they took her into the woods. What are you What are you going on about that for? Well, I mean, it's it's almost to the point where I, it's very forgivable. For an audience member to just forget about Claire altogether. It's been, it's been two episodes. Two, two episodes. Well, they still they talk about her every episode. I mean, but they almost talk about her as though she's gone. Well, because she is gone. She got taken away. No, I mean gone. Do, 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 you, do you think audience members forgot about Rousseau? I no, because Saeed keeps looking at her maps. Fair and, enough. I guess they do do more stuff with Rousseau's stuff. They definitely do. But Claire's pretty recent. Everyone's oh. waiting. Listen, much like you, everyone is waiting to see what happened to Claire. Yeah, I, well, I've been waiting, and that's that's why this is an eight instead of a nine. And then the other thing is, Sawyer wasn't even in this episode. That, that's I can't, no Sawyer wasn't in the episode. We'll talk about that later. Oh, you're right, he was. I'm sorry, he was. <laughs> he, he was in a flashback, which was interesting. Which is uh, in the episode, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't possibly give an episode a nine or ten that has this little sawyer in it oh, okay <laughs> um and i don't love this title either oh no the title is not that it's great at definitely all. not it's like to saying hearts and minds and i mean i, I can see how it's applicable but you know they're just taking a famous saying and yeah i i, I mean it's not as bad as whatever the case may be but it's it's not great really i liked that title more than this one. Oh, i hate whatever the case might be that it's is like... That that title makes me angry. I like that title. Ugh. Uh, well, well, agree to disagree here, Mr. Sal. We can get, we can get into it. Uh, what do you give this episode? 8 out of 10. I give it 8 out of 10. Okay, which means that I liked it significantly more than you. Uh, no, other way around. Because my 8's greater than your... Cause I, oh, you're right. I, yeah. You're right. You liked it significantly more than me. I liked, I liked it more than you did, yeah. But, but I, I really do like this. Quite honestly, this is my favorite eight-rated Lost episode. Really? Okay, so yeah. I was kind of close that you might have given it a nine. Oh, yeah. No, it's close. I mean, it's it's up there with... I mean, it's it's ahead of things like White Rabbit, The Moth, uh, Walkabout. Like, it's ahead of all those. Okay, sweet. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. And you know why? Uh, Locke. This is the best John Locke episode. <laughs> I told you to get a lot more Locke in this episode. Yeah. But the best look, John Locke episode yet. Better than talk about. But uh, all I'm saying is temper your expectations because next episode's a real pooper. <laughs> okay. I believe, I believe, let me just make sure I'll quickly just check. But I believe next episode is a Michael and Walt. Yep, it's a Michael and Walt yeah, episode. That's what I thought. Yeah. So. Special. Yeah, special. So, temporary expectations. Well, you told me that this week, and I, I love this episode. Yeah, yeah, but it's not all that great. And next week, it's okay, even worse. Did, let me ask you, did you tell me that, knowing that I would love this episode? I can't predict the future, Mr. Sal, so to... And I, I don't know what you like and dislike. I can only guess. You guess the ranking that I'm going to give it before I give it pretty much every week. Now, granted, I do have a pretty narrow scale. So. <laughs> it's much easier than my scale, yeah, to guess. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Lost has been only seven, eight, or nine. The Leftovers has only been nine and ten. So, <laughs> so I guess it's a lot easier. You gotta stop telling people my secret of I've only got to guess between three numbers for Lost. <laughs> so you can guess eight pretty much every time, and you, the most you'll ever be is off by one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh boy! All right, let's get going here. So, okay, yeah, let's get going. So we we begin the episode and we see. So so if you remember the ending of last episode, oh boy, do I! With Shannon and Say talking, and Boone was looking at them, and you 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 noted it, which I really liked that you did, in a really like evil way or just angrily. He was looking at them, and the same thing with this episode. It starts with Shannon and Say talking, and Boone is very angry watching. Yep. And Saeed brought Shannon some sort of, like, footwear present for helping him with the translating of the notes. And so do, do you think Saeed likes Shannon? Uh, I did not think that until Boone went after him. Until Boone, yeah. And this upcoming scene, yeah, Boone confronts him. Actually, no. Uh, he listens to Hur- Hurley confronts him. Well, okay, so before before I... I went way ahead of myself. He does square off with Saeed. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Yes. But first, Hurley comes over and confronts him, and we start learning that uh, him and Locke have been boar hunting every day, but haven't been catching anything, and that they're running low on boar, and they really need more food, which is really surprising, because they always complain about only eating boar, but now they desperately want boar, so <laughs> you be careful what you wish for. So, running low on boar, and... Uh, I'll quickly skip over the flashback just to talk about how then yes, Boone and Saeed kind of square off and Boone warns Saeed to stay away and Saeed just kind of challenges him and say what are you going to do about it? Like what, what do you mean to pack off? About it. Yeah. He doesn't say that. I, yeah, but I'm just summing up what he said. Okay. Why? Why? Why should I? You know, why should? No, that, did he say why should I? I thought he said was something more along the lines of I can't remember. I'll do what I want. Like, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, I'll do what I want. He challenges him. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't submit to Boone's request to back right. off. And um, and then Locke calls over Boone and then he found some tracks or whatever, and off Boone goes. So. Do you think Boone is correct? Is Saeed interested in Shannon? Or is Saeed just, you know... Well, now that I've seen Saeed's rea- reaction to Boone telling him that he doesn't want him to see Shannon anymore, uh, yes, now I do. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, before that, no. I, th- I thought that Saeed was too professional to... A true survivalist. Only worried about one goal in mind. Survival. Yeah. Right. But looks like he's starting to falter off the path. Yeah. Saeed. Oh, what about your wife back home? Not a wife. <laughs> As you, you were cr- incorrect to assume. <laughs> I don't know why you guessed that. He never, he never said it was her, his wife. I mean, literally, the words out of your mouth were, we know he has a wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kurt. You have regrets, I have regrets. Okay. I'm sure the audience has regrets. We don't want to think about them. No. What we do want to think about, though, is Boone's flashback that I quickly skipped over. Yes. There's not much to glean from it. He was just exiting a tennis game, gets a call from Shannon. Shannon's in some sort of argument, domestic dispute type of thing, and wants Boone's help. And he's going to go to Sydney to go get her, the famous spot that all the people convene at. So, 
hateful city. Uh, anything, anything special you want to say about that flashback? Well, I just you know, it's a glimpse into the the wealth and privilege that Boone had. Yeah, he's playing tennis to like most. I guess that in golf, but tennis, I feel like more the the wealth game. <laughs> just playing yeah. tennis. Yeah. Well, I bet this was like a country club tennis match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I actually thought his his partner, his girlfriend, whoever it was, was Shannon for a minute. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they, they looked really similar. And then I was like, wait, that's not Shannon. So, um, but anyway, it, it was it was it was interesting to see the Saeed scene right after this. And this is I like the placement of this flashback because when when Boone does challenge Saeed and tells tells him he doesn't want him to see. Shannon anymore it kind of makes some sense it seems like there was at least one situation where Shannon was in a dangerous situation with a guy and it was oh by the way it was in Sydney Australia we know she was also in a situation with a guy in France although we don't know that was dangerous but it seems like uh this this could be a theme that's that's about to play out that Shannon has been in dangerous situations with men before Boone is. Boone is very protective of her. That's, yeah. that's what it informs us of, I think. Yeah, definitely, because you, you see him staring. Well, audience, I, they definitely make you wonder why Boone's staring at Saeed and Shannon angrily or in mm-hmm. general. And yeah, it definitely looks like he's defensive. Uh, he seemed pretty quick to go and help her in Sydney. So yeah. I think that's definitely the vibe they give off and a correct one at that. Right. So uh, you want to go on? Yeah, we can go on. Okay, so we're with Locke and Boone. They're going off, and Boone just tells Locke how he feels about, you know, Saeed's hitting on Shannon, and Locke warns him not to make Saeed an enemy, which I would agree with. Oh, Locke, the wisest man on the island, correct yet again. You don't want Saeed as an enemy, ultimate survivalist. I think more importantly than that, what he says was, we want him on our side. Yep. And that is... I latched onto that so hard and that informed the rest of the episode for me. <laughs> we want him on our side because it sounds to me like Locke has acknowledged the fact that there are about to be, if they're not already, sides to be taken on the island. Yep. Mm-hmm. Factions, you know, uh, rivalries, whatever. And he is, from that point forward, I started thinking of Locke as being a collector. A collector? A collector of what? A collector of allies. So like a European nation in like... Sure. 1940s? <laughs> 30s? Yeah. World War I, I, I don't know. Well, well but let's, th- let's think about... I'll call I'll call them out when I see them. But we'll, Because the one that doesn't show up in this episode, I'll call that out right now. You know he's he's already made an episode an ally of Walt, and we're going to get a Walt episode next week. So I think that might have something to do with Locke as well. But I think uh, the, I'll call that one out right now, and then I'll call the other ones out as they come up. So why do you think he wants people on his side? Well, that's and that's what I don't know. Uh, the I think he anticipates a rivalry or some kind of uh, uh, schism in the group. And uh, he is going to be on one side, and there are going to be people on the other side. He wants side. He wants Saeed to be on his side for sure. 
So he's, he's playing politics here, almost like Game of Thrones with little fingers, whatever he's called. Yeah, like, little... not, not really quite, because little fingers just kind of sways with the tide, but Locke's yeah. making plays here to make sure he's. Yeah, so. He's not only yeah. swaying, more of trying to get people to help him. But and he's yes, I want. I have so much more to say about this, but I don't want to say anything about it right now. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll learn more, I guess, later. Uh, Boone warns Locke of people know what they're doing, or people are questioning them. No Boris coming, and Locke. I thought this was striking as well. That Locke says what they're doing is far more important than catching Gore. Yes, and that is very interesting. And then they reveal that it's this hatch-like thing uh, that they've, I mean, they've uncovered it much more now. And yeah. what were your immediate thoughts when you saw the hatch thing? Okay, so this this is unfortunate. So <laughs> This is unfortunate, okay. Um, it's, I don't think it's a spoiler, but one of the po- other podcasts that I listen, listen to, uh, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll call them out, out right now, this is, this, because I love them. Uh, it's post-show recaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they do a lot of the shows that I, that I love to watch, they cover. Uh, they do have a Lost podcast right now because one of the people who works over there at Post Show Recaps, uh, Josh Wiggler, he is a huge Lost fan. Okay. And he never podcasted about Lost when it was happening because I don't think podcasts existed back then. Maybe, Maybe they didn't exist or very unpopular. <laughs> or, yeah, right. 2004. He wasn't podcasting at the time anyway. So... <laughs> Um, so that so he's got a lost podcast now. He's doing a rewatch with uh, with one of the other podcasters over there, and uh, their podcast is called Lost Down the Hatch. So, <laughs> um, so when I saw this hatch, I was like, "That's the Down the Hatch." <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's even oriented in such a way that if you were to enter the hatch, you would go down. So. Yeah, it's not sideways, not like a door. Yeah, it's like a literal hatch. Yeah, but they so, don't go down the hatch this episode. They do not. They don't even get the hatch open. Um, so I know nothing about it. But so here's here's what I start trying to put together. Okay, we we know about Rousseau and her team. This does not seem to be from them. First of all, it's, definitely nothing with Rousseau written on it in terms of she's not around. Right, and and certainly, I mean, it's it's far enough away from where she is that I wouldn't think this would have been part of her group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not in her sphere of influence. Or... Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Okay, um, but we also have those dead bodies that Jack found in the caves way back in White... No, it wasn't White Rabbit. It was the one after that, whatever that was. Oh, House of the Rising Sun, I think. No, no, it was White no, you're right. It wasn't White Rabbit. They already had the cave. I'm certain of it. All right. Okay, so, um, so we have those dead bodies that he found there. Now, we haven't heard about them since that episode, which is a little bit infuriating. infuriating um, because that seems like it would be really interesting. Like, where did these people come from? Were they indigenous people? Or, no, I don't think so, because they had, like, clothes that would have been contemporary to however long they've been dead, I think. But anyway, uh, it's it's interesting. So I'm, I'm my guess is that this whatever this thing is uh, belongs to that group of people. Okay, so you think it this belongs 
to the people that came. I think was it like they said like seventy years ago they thought. They said only fifty, but fifty. Okay, well, whatever time estimate it was, they, they you think it's part of those people that were dead in the cave. That's so, that's what I'm thinking, and it seems right. like it's the right amount of buried for fifty years. Oh yeah, because it yeah it is um buried. <laughs> best way to put it. Uh, do you have any guesses on what's down the hatch then? Josh Wiggler? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I I I have no idea. Uh, not not even not even a clue. Fair enough. Okay. Disappointed. Kind well, of. But... I don't even know what the hatch could be to. Like, is it a, an airplane, a ship, a submarine? Like, I I don't know. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe it's a hatch to hell. I just feel about that. They went down there and it was literally like the infernal hell. <laughs> that would be a that would be a shift in the series. It would be a very big shift. There's definitely supernatural things going on, but to go straight to hell, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty big. That would take some adjustment on my part, I think. Oh, certainly. Well, uh, do you have anything else on that in terms of the hatch and talking Buddha yeah. scene? Okay. You know, it's just super interesting, and it's it's really interesting that that Locke is saying that that is more important than the boar, uh, because the boar is their source of sustenance and survival. So um, uh, that's an interesting take that he has. Mm-hmm. He's he uh this whatever this is is more important. Yep. And Locke knows best. You know, always trust Locke. And I also am assuming that this is what he anticipates causing the schism because we haven't really heard him talk about sides before. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Fair enough. That's all a reasonable thought. Okay. So moving on, I'm not, I'm not going to get too much into the scene, uh, but I, I will note one thing because I, I did not remember this. It's a pretty small throwaway <laughs> line. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're excited. Uh, it's funny. It really is. It's just it's got nothing to do with anything. Yeah, Hur- Hurley and Jack. Hurley goes to Jack and tells him he doesn't feel great, having digestive issues. And Jack tells him he probably needs more protein because all he's eating is a ton of fruit. Yep. Uh, Hurley says there's no boar, but Jack rebuts Jin has fish. Why don't you just get Jin's fish? And Hurley's confident Jin has it in for him because he did not eat. Sea urchins that James tried so providing him. I was so just to, just to hear the word sea urchin. You're in multiple times in this episode, I'm sure. I, would, I couldn't have been happier, honestly. <laughs> Except that I wished that it had been in reference to Claire instead of Hurley. <laughs> I'd be like, all sea urchins made me feel real ill. Because Claire actually ate them, and I really want to know what that was all about. If the whole point of the sea urchins was just to pit Hurley against Jin so that they could have this interaction. And it's all worth it. It's kind of, no. <laughs> I love Hurley. Hurley's always great. Anytime Hurley makes like an extra side bit, always worth it. Oh, I, I mean, he's funny. He's very entertaining. I enjoy every minute he's on the screen. I just wish that it had anything to do with the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, I got some comic relief in these serious times. Mm. Not really, actually. I'm okay with it being dark and whatnot if it were uh anyway I'll, I'll move on this is kate getting through uh and jack kind of watches her in a like a weird way so creepy Some, 
so they hated each other last episode, or at least Jack was just very just didn't care about Kate at all. Not really empathetic for her. And in this episode, they're just back to being buddies. Like Kate calls him out. I, I Jack teases her and it's like, okay. Like I said in our opening, I, I just am so over these two. I don't yeah. even care anymore. Yeah. But it, it is because if I think too hard about it, I'm just going to throw something. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't understand. Yeah. You've, you've dealt, I didn't notice my first watch through, but you, you have certainly opened my eyes to the, maybe they're both just like, don't know what they want. They're back and forth. I don't know though. This it is crazy. It's the same thing with Kate and Sawyer though too. It I mean, is. It is. We don't see them as often together usually as we do as Kate and Jack. Yeah, recently we had been seeing them. For yeah, the- yeah. We we saw them for the last episode, but I, all in all, we usually see Jack and Kate more than we see Kate, Sawyer and Kate. Although in like the last few episodes, we've been seeing more and more Sawyer with Kate, but yeah, you know, still doesn't match up to the amount of Jack. Do, do you know? I found most interesting about this scene. What? Jack wears the key around his neck like a necklace. Really? Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even notice that detail to the briefcase. Yeah, I assume it's the key to the briefcase. Probably, yeah, probably. So, yeah. So that was the most interesting thing to me. Is that a smart move to do though? Instead of just hiding the key. I don't know. I mean, that's a good point. I mean. Sawyer was really interested in getting into that briefcase. Yeah, now you're just dangling around this key. <laughs> I really, yeah, I don't think it's the wisest decision. I feel like he could have just hid the key. Much. But th- th- that is a bit of a power move, just dangling around this key, and if he does with the other key, four guns in it. <laughs> with this unlocks. Well, the only person who knows what's in it, though, is Kate. That is true. And, and Sun. Oh, yes! Speaking of Sun, Speaking uh, of- Kate is getting... Seeds, in this case, passion fruit. But she's getting seeds because Sun is starting a farm. Uh, obviously a great idea. Jack says, uh, uh, I'm sure you'd agree. Starting up a farm sounds about reasonable. I don't know what they call it, but I'm just going to call it a farm. That sounds good. Yeah. A garden, maybe? A garden's fine, too. Yeah, I guess a farm would be like kind of a bigger scale. But yeah, garden as well. Uh, but then again, topic, Jack brings up this is a great idea because you're running out of boar. And Kate has a theory that maybe we're not running out of boar. Maybe Lockage decided not to get boar. You know, too many mouths to feed. Why thin out the boars at his own expense, right? Because yep. you understand, understand the logic in this. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly explain oh, yeah. that. If he keeps hunting boar, he'll have to hunt more boar. And he himself will get less bored to eat because he has to feed to all these other people. Like yeah. 40-something mouths. Yes. And how how frequently do boar reproduce? Exactly, yeah. You don't want to thin out the herd. You, like, you could hunt the local boar life to near extinction. At least to the point where they're useless to you. Then you literally won't have boar. Yeah. So maybe it is a good idea for Locke just to wait it out. Maybe even let people starve less mouths to feed than sustainable boar population this could be the science that he's talking about this could be. could be the source of the schism although you know the other thing i, I want to mention here is I, I know i've talked about it with you i can't remember if we did it on a podcast or not but uh while uh, we were talking about we, we must have done it on a pod so uh we were talking about Locke 
and his knowledge of boar. And we said, how does he know so much about boar? He was going about a walkabout in Australia. Are there wild boar in Australia? And we looked it up and we said, yeah, they're actually like uh, an invasive species. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it is possible that they are pretty plentiful on this island. Yeah. Although we'll find out what Locke has to say about it later, um, which is also relatively interesting. Or, Did you or, look this up? What you said? No, no. It's, it's just I, I, I found his, his point of view to be interesting. But I, I think more likely this is foreshadowing of the source of the schism that Locke has recognized that they can't possibly all survive on the amount of boar that there is on the island. But do you think it's a very Locke thing to do to, to sacrifice, in, in a way, sacrifice people on the island to ensure the survival of others? Or do you think he'd be more faith-driven of the island will provide, right? We will be okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, that's a Sawyer decision, I think, definitely. So he'd be like, no, we can't, we can't feed everyone. Stop, stop hunting the boar. Yeah, is that, that a Locke decision, though? And it might be. I'm not saying it isn't. Be well, good point. Up to up to this point, we haven't seen that side of Locke, but the the fact that he's talking about wanting Said on their side indicates to me that he foresees something splitting. Oh, something something will drive a wedge, and Locke is getting ready for it. Yep, preparing for war, and he yeah, he's got allies. We'll see more later. Uh, he's he's a he's a European country on the brink of World War One. Uh, going back to uh, Locke and Boone, yep. they're at the hatch, and we're, we're, we're learning more about this hatch. Glass doesn't break, and the door is sealed with possibly cement. Uh, uh, you know, what, what are they going to do? And meanwhile, Locke's just using like a mortar and pestle and just doing something in this bowl. Boone's very confused. Yeah. And we get this interesting tidbit from Locke. Boone in his confusion talks about how they just, they for the last two days have just been staring at the hatch. And Locke tells very, I'm not going to tell the whole story again, but I'll, I'll quickly go through mm-hmm. it. Locke talks about the story with Michelangelo, uh, yep. his father kind of abusing him to not work with his hands, but with his mind. And uh when a prince or king, I don't remember which one, but when they tell him, hey, make me something out of this marble block, Michelangelo for months just comes and stares at the block of marble. And when finally asked what he's doing, he just says, I'm working. Yeah. And actually, he made, I think, what, the statue of David or what? what yeah. was it? Great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, interesting tidbit. Yep. Locke says it very nicely. And he just goes back to looking at the hatch. Yep. Uh, and how do you think they're going to open up this hatch? Okay, so first of all, we got to go back to the mortar and pestle here. Okay. Because Locke does say this is for later. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, that's important because he knows right in this moment what he's going to do to Boone later. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he's prepping it this far in advance. Yeah, I mean, he knows. It's crazy. Like, this guy, this guy's amazing. Do you think the island told him, or he just just a gut feeling? What What do you think? No, I think this was his plan. Oh, okay. I think I think he he planned that today was the day that he was going to give Boone a head wound. 
rub <laughs> rub this stuff in the wound. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Give him give him a big scare. I guess. I mean, maybe it's possible. I guess I guess it's probably likely that he got the idea from the island because I don't know how he knows what's a hallucinogen and what's not. You know, growing on the island, growing wild, but I, yeah, I don't. Mr. Locke works in mysterious ways. Suffice it to say. That is true. Do you, so do you think they're going to open this anytime soon, this hatch? I think that they are going to open the hatch before the end of the season. Okay. Ah, oh, what a bold statement without even finishing the season. With confidence. Is that confidence? Uh, it was. I don't think it is now. <laughs> yeah, now I'm questioning it. By the end of really, you think they can open it by the end of the season? Okay. Michelle, you don't want to pull another sea urchin or site has a wife thing again. Those are very embarrassing on the podcast. I don't want to hear about the Saeed wife. Okay. You don't want another one of those. I don't want to hear about the, I do want to hear about the sea urchin, but they're not. <laughs> so. Okay. So you think they, you think with much gusto and confidence that they will open up the hatch before season's end? I do. Interesting. And maybe they will. I'm just pulling your chain. We'll see. I, I won't tell you anything. Uh, anything else on that? Or do you want to go to the flashback now? We can go to the flashback. Okay, so we get Boone's uh, flashback. And this one, it, it's a bit telling. Boone comes knocking on the door. Uh, a man answers who is uh, Shannon's uh, boyfriend, I presume. I, maybe like some sort of fiance or something, but I just presume boyfriend. Yeah. And, uh, you know, asks for Shannon. Shannon questions Boone on what he's doing here, and Boone's kind of annoyed. He's been on a plane for 15 hours. Yep. And Shannon's just like, oh, this isn't the best time, Boone. Me and... So I... Did you, did you get his name? Is it Brandon? Or is it... I got it later. But or is it Ryan? I thought she said Brandon here. Then later I got a different name. So, but maybe I misheard her. Maybe she's talking about her friend or something. But anyway, her and her boyfriend were on their way out. And the Boone, if you could just leave, please. And Boone just... He's pretty bothered, pretty bothered and just tells her, enjoy your friends. It's, so, it's Brian, by the way. It is Brian, okay. Yeah, so that's what I wrote later on. But in that scene, I thought it was Brandon. I don't know yeah. where I got Brandon from. Okay, so um, th- basically we just see Shannon was in, in real trouble, or at least it doesn't appear she well, was. Well, because I, you might not have seen it, but when she dismisses him and she tells him that they were just on their way out and that they'll talk later or whatever, she moves her hair aside mm-hmm. and reveals a, a really big bruise on her forehead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what I'm doing to next. So she, she has an injury in her head and... Uh, though she's very lackadaisical about it, granted, uh, Brian is right next to her, so yeah, not the best well, time to squeal on him. Right. This is, I mean, this is probably exactly the play that you should make if you're trying to get out of this situation. You know, subtly indicate to Boone that there is a problem, but without giving away that you're trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, sure. if she was actually being abused. Yeah, the, 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 that is the best thing to do in that situation. Yeah. T- t- outright saying, I'm being abused right now in front of your abuser who has hit, 
who has hit you before. Yeah. That is not a good recipe. Yeah, that would be terrifying. Yeah, yes, certainly. So, so I think that this was this was a the right play if she was actually being abused. Which why saying it like that if she was being abused? It's almost like you're saying she wasn't abused. Huh. Well, we'll get to that later. She could have been, but <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. Well, we figure out later on. Yeah, and it's a bit trickier. She's she got some tricks up her sleeve. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anything else in that flashback? I don't think so. No, that was the, hmm. the big piece of it. We go do some of your favorite scenes here, composing of Jin and Hurley. Uh, it's funny, it's it's a really it's energetic. Not, uh, do you wanna do you wanna do them all at once here? Do you wanna just? No, we can do them in order. Oh, okay. So here we just see Hurley coming up to Jin. And he wants to know how Jin or where Jin fishes. And, you know, you, you do your thing, Jin. I'll do mine. He has, like, the spear or whatever. And Jin just kind of talks to him and walks off. And Hurley's like, was that an insult? Did you say something mean to me? You just said something mean, didn't you? Like, <laughs> and there you go. I wish I wish we had subtitles for that. I wish I could understand what Jin said so I could know what he really told Hurley. In that moment, because we're seeing this through her from Hurley's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Hurley just has no clue. No, this is this. I is... wonder how annoying it is if you can't understand Jin and Yako. Huh? Did you say if you can understand? If you can, yeah. If you know. Oh, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who speaks Korean. So. Yeah, me either. So, oh well. Uh, back to Boon and Locke. They're now walking. Uh, presumably back from the hatch. And Boone says uh, that they will eventually have to tell them, aka the other survivors, what they found. Because uh, they're not going to keep believing this boar thing, right? It's not working out. Starting to suspect something's awry. And Locke just says that they will not understand. Okay? Yeah. Which is, which is really curious. Very curious. Why will they? What What does he mean? They won't understand. Like, there's just there's a hatch there. Won't they all want to get into the? They're yeah, they're gonna I, be curious about the hatch. Now maybe they won't be as committed as you are, Locke. But surely, you know, with the support of forty people, it's better than just two people secretly doing it, right? Right. And, and when you think about the level of apathy that most of them have about Russo, mm-hmm. because nobody seems to care about her except for Saeed. <laughs> like i'm not sure what makes him think that there's going to be any more interest in this than there was in russo well granted people don't have interest in russo because they think they all think she's very crazy which rightfully kind of is she, she definitely seems crazy she's still another human on the island like... yeah but well the the, th- the reason people are very turned off by russo is because saeed always talks about how she killed her entire group <laughs> Okay. You don't really, you know, you don't want to go visit the lady that is known for killing your entire group, and that the the one person who's seen her calls her a mad woman, and escapes. <laughs> so yeah, she doesn't. She definitely doesn't have a glowing reviews. If she was on Yelp, she would not be five stars. No, so she. Would. You don't want to stay at the Russo Inn. That's all I'm saying. Very, very bad, very bad Airbnb. But yeah, very bad, very bad accommodations. <laughs> so I. I don't think it's a fair analogy because, or comparison, because Rousseau is not evil, but she wasn't, well, she was nice somewhat to Saeed in some ways, but was also like pretty mean, you know, 
captured him, slightly tortured him. Yeah, held I mean, him at gunpoint for a bit. You know, we can be nice and still be you know evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure, especially what happened with Ethan too, right? And Claire, they probably are in a very isolationist state. They don't, they don't want you know to mess with Rousseau or mess with the others, or at least you know get caught out by them. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I, I I don't know how far away Rousseau lives at least more than a day away because it took Saeed some time to get to her and took right. him even longer to get back with his leg injury. So. Three days, I think. Yeah, I think it was his third day is when he finally yeah. ran to Rousseau when he was harmed. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, so I, also, I don't think it's a fair comparison that if they found out about the hatch, I don't think they'd just treat it the way they treat Rousseau because Rousseau is kind of dangerous compared to the hatch, which is just a hatch. Like maybe you can't get in. It's wasted effort. But it's certainly, a hatch to hell. Oh, it could be a hatch to hell. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I didn't think of that one. So. I do think people would be interested. So I, I think it's very curious that Locke wants to keep it a secret, it despite is. the fact that I'm pretty confident that people would still be interested in getting into the hatch. Yeah. But Locke just doesn't think they'd get it for whatever reason. Anyway. Well, do, do you want to say anything else on that? Um, the the one was, have, are you about to talk about how he wants to tell Shannon specifically? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. then go ahead. Okay, so Boone confesses. I, I just want to tell Shannon at least. And Locke asks Boone, why does he care about Shannon so much? And he just, uh, Boone's reply is, she's smart and special. Which is, okay. I mean, she's smarter, I think they're smarter than you think. And special. Locks just go something like fair enough or whatever. And Boone just keeps talking about how he can't keep lying to her. Locke gives him a good like comeback about like you can't keep lying to her, you don't like the way she makes you feel lying to her or whatever. Uh but Locke starts questioning Boone of whether he is sure he's ready to tell Shannon, and Boone is pretty confidently ready to tell Shannon. And at this point, were you were you like ready for Locke to do something? Well, when he starts going like, you you sure you're ready to tell Shannon? You sure? Yeah. Don't so, be it then, and then he just yeah. knocks him out. So, for for first of all, uh, they use the specifically use the word special to describe Shannon here, and that is the title of the next episode. Mm-hmm. Special, uh, but I, I know it's not a Shannon episode, but. That's probably just coincidence. You won't uh, like the next episode, by the way. Yeah, you've mentioned that several times. Yeah. So the uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was that this was a very stark contrast. What Boone is saying is in stark contrast to what he, he was saying about Shannon last week when he, I think he literally called her useless. Mm-hmm. Didn't he? Yeah, they were fighting and called her useless. And that, that was like, we, we, we talked about Charlie and... Shannon felt useless too. She stormed out on Saeed at some like near the end of their right. Well, I guess at the end. But I think Boone actually called her useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. Here, he's saying that she's smart and she's special. So that's that's interesting too. Um, now, to answer your question, did I think Locke was going to? Did, what was your question again? Did you suspect Locke was going to do something to Boone when he started? I suspected he was going to do something to Shannon. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I think at that point, 
I was anticipating that Locke was going to, you know, hurt Shannon in some way. Some way I was not anticipating Boone. Okay. Um, Having said that, as soon as he opened, as soon as he, you know, popped the buckle on his knife, said, "Oh, Boone's in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then knocks that Boone. Ah, oh, beautiful. So mo- moving on. Uh, Boone wakes up, and Locke's still doing his mortal pastel thing, and. Boone's demanding to be freed. And Locke just says he's doing what is best for Boone. He tells yeah. him he's treating his wound with this weird sap thing. Yeah. And, and that, this is, again, let's remember, he said this is for later. So he, this was his plan the entire time. Yeah, he had, at least for this day, he had planned on doing this. Yeah. How long before this day, we don't know. But he definitely, this... Coming to this day, he was ready to do this. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely preemptive. This is not on the spot. Um, puts on the sap, which we later learn is some sort of hallucinogen, but for the time being, just treating his wound. Good guy, Locke. Oh, yeah. I like to call him good guy, Locke, after he just imprisoned Boone. And he's like, okay, Boone, I'm going to leave you. Camp's four miles west. Uh, <laughs> Boone's like, where is west? <laughs> <laughs> Four miles west, uh, Locke likes to flex with his knife-throwing skills, throws it right by Boone, and he tells him, you know, once you have the proper motivation, cut yourself loose. Goodbye. <laughs> just leaves. Uh, and Boone just kind of starts yelling, but it doesn't really work. And he eventually tries to reach for the knife, but it kind of, like, the way he's been tied up, it, like, hurts his backhand yes. to reach for the knife. Very interesting tie. Is this, like, a real... For sure. Very interesting, that. I, I feel like... What was he tied up with? I can't remember. It looks like a bungee cord. A oh, bungee cord, okay. Sorry, my, my imagination told me it was like some sort of plant matter. I feel like... I feel like... No, I obviously don't think I could. But I feel like I could break it. I don't know why. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could either. But I just feel like it. In the same way, I feel like a plane shouldn't fly and a boat shouldn't work. I yes. just feel like I just feel like you know, humans are pretty strong. I feel like I can just, err, and then break free. Or would <laughs> just slip his hand through? I don't know. Yeah, why can't he just be free? But anyway, like, yeah, Locke's got him in like the, the best lock of all time. <laughs> Not the best, I guess, but. Yeah, it, it turns out that he can just be free though. It turns out he just needs the proper motivation. Yeah, and speaking of which, Locke, in saying that, also says that it's time for you to let go of some things because yes. best for you. Mm-hmm. So what do you think Locke meant by that? Well, this immediately struck me as the same exact situation Charlie was in with Locke. Oh, okay. Yeah, he helped him let go of the heroin. Things because it's what's best for you. Now, I had no idea what things Locke was talking about uh, or what Boone needed to let go of. I suppose telling Shannon that seemed to be the instigator of most of this. Certainly. But he was already planning on doing this beforehand, yeah. early in the day. May- but maybe Boone had talked about Shannon more than today. So. Yeah. Uh, we-, we don't know for certain, but it definitely seems like something to do with Shannon. Something to do with Shannon. Uh, we don't know what, but something that's supposed to be Boone on his own to make him stronger. Yes. Just like Charlie. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, do, do I hand a Boone's flashback here? Yeah, I mean, this is where I started to dwell on the idea that Locke said that we want him on our side. And then I started thinking, it's, boy, it seems like the thing, the thing about tying up Boone like this, knocking him out and tying him up, is if Boone escapes, then Locke's in trouble, unless Boone is actually grateful to Locke for some reason. Yeah. Like, those are the only outcomes. If Boone dies, Boone escapes, but Locke gets in trouble, or Boone escapes and is grateful to Locke for knocking him out and tying him up. <laughs> yeah. Those seem like the only three outcomes to me. So now knowing who Locke is and, and how careful and calculated he is, I've got to believe that if he he knows that if Boone escapes, he's not going to get Locke in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I also have to believe that if Boone doesn't escape and dies, Locke is likely to get in trouble anyway. Okay, makes sense. Do you yeah. think it was a satisfying? We don't have to talk about. We don't have to talk about it right now, but I will forget to ask you this question later on, or I'll, I'll ask you and we can pin it if you could remember it too. Okay. Uh, but do you think it was a satisfying uh, enough event for Boone to forgive Locke? Uh, explain what you mean by that. Do you think it was weird that Boone? Forgave Locke, or do you think? Oh, so we're jumping here. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk about it later, but I do just want to save that for later. Uh, I just don't want to forget that, I think, though. I think it was satisfying because he he did go after Locke first. He did go after him, and then Locke did. So yeah, we'll talk about it later some more. But I just wanted to get your tidbit on that. But this is where I start thinking that Locke is collecting disciples. Yeah, Locke is Locke is getting his. And we learned about we talked about Walt, and we'll learn about someone else in this. Uh, episode that is very, very pro lock and oh yeah. Uh, and anyway, we'll I, we'll get to that later. That's but. why I bring that up here because this is a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. This no, is definitely saying you know either, either I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this, or I'm going to create someone who is extremely loyal to me. Yeah, another follower, mm-hmm. if, if you wish to call it that. Any, uh, do you want to get to the Boone flashback? Anything else on that? No, now we can do the Boone flashback. Oh, okay. So, we have Boone's at the police station. And, uh, we actually learn Boone's last name. Carlyle? I can't remember it now. <laughs> can you say that? Carlisle. Carlisle. Oh, okay, that makes me, I spelled that terribly. Carlisle. Okay. Uh, we learn of his last name. Cops can't. Boone basically wants them to help Shannon. She's being abused. Cops say they can't. Need more info. Uh, in the meanwhile, we see Sawyer getting taken to the police station. Crazy. Crazy. So we know. We know. So the end of the Sawyer storyline wasn't even in Sydney. We don't really know no. what was going on with Sawyer storyline. In terms of, we knew he owed some loan shark money and he walked out on the deal and left his money behind. So he mm-hmm. he's definitely got some debts to repay and. He's not out of uh, some murky waters yet. So. Right. And there's another Sawyer bottle episode this season. So. Hopefully we'll get some answers and what he's doing there in the Sydney uh, police station. Anyway, to it. police can't help him. Doesn't have enough proof. 
the boon seems like I don't know if this is because it's Australia or because it's 2004 or what, but it seems like if Boone goes into an American police station now and says this exact same thing, like the police are going to be at Brian's house. Yeah, I feel like they're at least going to knock on the door and yeah. check up at the very least. Yes. And I don't know how like strapped the Sydney police are, but I, yeah, I feel like just the, just the service of knocking on the door and seeing what's up, looking at Shannon and just asking, are you okay? Anything going on? How'd you get that bruise? <laughs> but no, too busy. Uh, Brian seems like a nice guy from Boone's description enough. They're like, ah, whatever. <laughs> so good enough for, for us. So Boone actually ends up talking with Brian and well, wants him to break up with Shannon. Because more important information comes out in this conversation with the police officer. Oh, yeah, they're not related. There's that, I forgot. It. I didn't already know that yet. Yeah, yeah. So the police officer says, why does she have a different last name than you? And Boone says, well, she was married. Yeah, that's the first thing he says. They, she was married. Yeah. But then he later... Well, she might have still been married. Right. Well, so that, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is, is The police officer says her name's Rutherford. Yours is Carlisle. Was she married? Boone says yes. And then he says that they're step-siblings. Not... So, uh, what's what was it? His his mother married her father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boone's mother married Shannon's father. So, I I don't know if she actually was married or not. That maybe she married the French guy. That's un- it doesn't sound like a really French name. Yeah, I mean, that, that, but that's unclear. We don't we don't know if she was actually married, uh, or or what, or if Boone was just making that up. But yes, they are not related. They are step siblings. Mm-hmm. Thank God, because of what happens later in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> I, for, yeah I forgot we do not already know that they are step siblings. <laughs> yes, they are step siblings. Uh, and then eventually, uh, Boone gives up on the police station, or they give up on Boone, whichever you want to look at it. Yes. And he gets hold of Brian, and finds him at the shipping dock. I don't know how he knew, but maybe just I don't know. However, he gets Brian. He finds Brian. And he wants him to break up with Shannon. Yeah. And he's a he, he's the third guy he's paying to do this. So we definitely know Boone's done this in the past, and this really cements Boone's protectiveness over Shannon. Third guy he's paid off to leave her. So it does it show us how protective Boone is of Shannon? Or does it show us that Shannon is a very poor judge of character? Is it uh or something else but i think it does both of those things i think it shows us that shannon has been with some awful people and it shows us that uh boone is pretty protective of her so yeah cause, well in this case yeah we don't know how the other two guys were but this one seems like an abuser in yeah. their eyes yeah so. this, this is crazy to think about shannon unless she's lying she says she's 20 i know that's what i was wondering like Man. I didn't. I didn't realize how old she was until they said it, and I like. I always thought she was like mid twenties, late twenties, right? But the it. canon, they said she's twenty. If she's twenty, and she's like been married in France, and then had she's a been France and Australia, like living with these people. What the heck? What is? What kind of life is this? I cannot. I cannot imagine Shannon is twenty. Even though they said she's twenty, I'm like, she at least be twenty five. This is like yeah. too much, too quick. 
anyway, uh, the guy does a killer negotiation for fifty thousand. Yeah. Even if I was this guy that negotiated Boone up to fifty k, the yeah. speed at which Boone says yes would still make me feel bad. I was like, I should oh, ask for more. Yep. You never, you never want that in a negotiation. Right? You, you say an amount and they immediately say yes. I <laughs> know. Ah, that's not what you want. That's not what I want, at least. No, for sure. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anything else on that flashback? No, that's it. Okay, so we're at the Kate and Son uh, on the farm, on the garden, whichever you want to call it. And Kate has now been three weeks since they've been on the island, or at least Kate's l- lamenting. That, you use that word a lot. Is that the proper word, Mr. Sell? Yeah. Lamenting about how they've been here for three weeks? Yep. Wonderful. And at this moment, I was questioning whether Sun would be uncomfortable around Kate. Because Sun knows Kate has a criminal background. Yeah. Kate does not know Sun knows. However, she does seem to be pretty cool about it when they're just, you know, sitting by each other. And Kate, you know, talks about, you know, just. I don't remember what she's talking about, but she makes like a be careful what you wish for kind of joke. And Sun smiles. Uh-huh. And Kate in that moment realizes that Sun understood what she said. Which which by the way, when Kate calls out Sun, Sun immediately gets her like grin off her face and just like looks right back to working. Which further uh-huh. proves Kate's point that Sun can understand her. Yeah. And Sun quickly begs her, Y'all don't tell anyone, please don't. And Kate just kind of does, like, a weird I've got you laugh. Like, ha ha ha. That was a really weird laugh. I guess she was shocked that Sun could speak English, but... Anywho. Uh, there you go. Anything on that scene? No, just, like, I wonder if Kate has made the connection yet that Sun knows she's a criminal. I, I also wondered if Sun was gonna blackmail Kate, like, don't tell my secret, Kate. Otherwise, and like tells Kate her own secret. I know you're you have a criminal background. You were on that with the marshal. I'll spill your beans if you spill my beans. Yeah. Oh yeah. I really thought that was, was gonna happen. Cause I, I don't remember everything perfectly. It doesn't seem to happen though. Anyway, I, I thought that would've been cool. I would've liked that a lot. If it was an exchange, like a black veil oath, we each got dirt on each other. That would've been cool. Uh. We go back to Hurley and Jin, our favorite duo, the dynamic duo. They're fishing. Uh, Jin catching fish. Fish. Hurley's not getting anything. Steps on a sea urchin. Not looking. It's looking very bleak for him. Uh, Jin helps kind of carry him to shore, and Hurley's begging him to pee on it, to stop the venom. Pee on it. Yeah, he saw it on TV. He might. He's gonna lose his foot. And he's just kind of begging him to pee on it, and finally, Jin just says no. And this causes like a pause and a cutaway. In that moment that Jin said no, did you think Jin could speak English? Uh, No, I didn't. Okay. Why do you think Jin said no? Do you think Jin could could understand like, you know, he might understand some words in English, like P or something. He might know that. Hurley was practically grabbing his crotch. Like, oh, (laughs) he was pulling right off it. Yeah, that's true. So, so, like, I didn't think that when he said no, it was pretty clear what he wanted. But I just want to make sure that I get this in here. The return of the sea urchin. And also, yes, there, there's another sea urchin mentioned here. Uh, the poor Hurley. He didn't eat the sea urchin, so he gets to stop on the sea urchin. That is the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's just how it works. Uh, 
going on to survivalist Saeed. Not only is he a man of radio, a man of maps, he's also a man of making compasses. So he's making one of those... Have you ever done this before, Mr. Sell? I'm sure you have. I've never made a compass, but I've done orienteering before. What's that mean? Uh, the use of a map and compass together. Oh, okay. Wow. I've never done that before. How cool. But you, you never made, like, a... You know, like, got a piece of metal, all magnetic and stuff. You never actually made a compass over water? Um, remember? Or there, I guess there's several ways, but I'm just thinking, like, that water bucket way. That's how he's doing. Yeah, I have. So you have? Okay, so you have made a compass. No, I said I don't think I have. Oh, you don't think you have? Oh, okay, my bad. So, Saeed, unlike you, Mr. Cell, makes a compass. And you don't have to feel bad about that. But, you know, <laughs> you have not. Uh, and Locks stumbles into, like, and spooks Saeed as he's working on this compass. Uh, Boone, you know, comes up in conversation. Locks just says, oh, Boone thought I should have the afternoon off. But I don't think he's going to catch anything. <laughs> Locke's yes. Locke's really charming in all of his interactions here when he's like all alone here. He's so good. So he says, do you think he'll catch anything? Yeah. <laughs> nope. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, and so he's trying to make out so his maps. Uh, Locke remembers his wee below days. Which is <laughs> something what, between like a Boy Scout and a Beetle Scout, or Cubs? No, it's Cub Scout and Boy Scout. A wee blue. There you go. And a Boy Scout. Yeah, there you go. Uh, long story short, Locke was not a popular kid. That's what he says. And he yeah. gives Saeed his compass. And when Saeed tells him, Don't you need this? Locke just says, Not anymore. Not anymore. Wow, oh, just like Nora's gun. <laughs> but why do you think Locke gave up his compass? Well, okay. My my initial impression was that he knows his way around the island well enough that he doesn't need it anymore, uh, or that the island somehow communicates with him, so he doesn't need it anymore. Uh, but then later, when we find out the compass is broken, uh, I wonder if there aren't some sinister, more sinister ulterior motives. Yeah, uh, that, that I was going to ask you about that. We'll get there very quickly. But I do, I, like, I was kidding, but not really. Like, this is a, a very similar situation to uh, Nora in The Leftovers with the gun when they're having dinner with Kevin and Jill. She's having dinner with Kevin and Jill, and Jill calls her out for having this gun, and she says, I don't have it anymore. And Jill wonders why, because, because I don't need it anymore. So There you go. Because, like... because she's over it. Uh, or seemingly so, uh, or at least she wants them to believe that. Whereas Locke maybe doesn't need it anymore because he is more in touch with the island now and, and, and getting lost on the island is not a concern of his anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's... Yeah, that's a fair. But it's so it's possible that <laughs> that he does have some sinister. Oh yeah, it could be sinister. He knew it was broken, or a lot of different things behind that. But he gives up the compass. Yeah, which is telling. There's probably a reason why he gave up the compass. Yes. Uh. So we cut back to Boone here, and he hears Shannon screaming for help, and he hears the monster, the big bad monster we've yet to see. Holy uh, <laughs> 
how are you feeling in this moment with the the monster? So, so the the yelling and the monster, I was convinced were hallucinations. Okay, but how how are you confident they were hallucinations? Were you just feeling that like he was just going crazy sitting here, or did you? Yeah, just think... I mean, he's you know he's he's sitting there, he's bleeding from the head, he's got this weird medicine on his head, and he's I mean who knows how well hydrated or fed he is at this point mm-hmm. i really believe that he, he was going to see here whatever uh, hallucinate now i second guessed myself later but because right yeah. now, i thought this was not real okay fair enough and so but with this um fear for shannon or shannon's distress he he gets the courage to get through the pain get the knife frees himself and he goes and unties well he unties himself and he goes to save shannon and finds her starts untying her by the way wait what he was properly motivated yeah there you go properly motivated there you go uh unties her they hear the monster coming so they go and they run inside like this hollow tree trunk kind of thing yep and uh just kind of waiting there tensely as the monster's looking for them bashing around yeah, so once he actually saw Shannon, I, w- I then my jaw was on the floor like, oh my god, did Locke actually kidnap her too? <laughs> Definitely. Now, like, I could see Boone being grateful for whatever Locke did that helped him get past something, whatever. But now that Shannon's involved, I'm like, well, now I don't know how Locke gets out of this. Yeah, now Locke's really played himself into a corner. Yeah. I fell for this hook, line, and sinker. I, Certainly. I, uh, Why not? He's it, like it's unfair. Yeah. It, it's like the, it's like the leftovers with the, people falling asleep in the car. I'm going to that un, unfair. I, I won't talk about that now, but unfair. Who falling asleep in the car? Jack, in the finale of the leftovers. Kevin, maybe. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> oh, what did I say? Jack. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I I don't like getting tricked there either. Well, I don't know. Maybe you did like getting tricked. Um, I'm the way this turned out. I'm fine with being tricked. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So we get we get a little cutaway from Boone and Shannon, and we see Jack and Saeed. And Saeed bring up to Jack which way's north. Jack figures out where north is based on the sun, mm-hmm. and when Saeed lists the compass. Oh, not pointing that way. Compass m- must be de- uh, defective. Why Why did Locke him a defective compass? Was it on purpose or was it sinister? Or is it really defective? Or did Locke not know it was defective? Yeah, but Locke did not know. Uh, Said cites that only like a really strong magnetic field could cause this. Is there a strong magnetic field? Right. I don't know. But mm-hmm. compass is not working right. We don't know why it's not working right. Whether it's the compass, the island, because definitely something's up with the island. Did yeah, Locke I mean, know? Did Locke not know? It could be anything. It could be a strong magnetic field on the island that's that's changing it. I mean, didn't say you'd say like a, a magnetic field on the island might cause it to be off, but not by this much. Yeah, it didn't look like it was off by that much. <laughs> he said he said by a few degrees, and I think it was like. 
like one or two degrees, I think is what Saeed said, and it was like ten degrees off or something. So I don't quite remember and, them. Yeah. So there are loads of possible explanations for this. So many, so many. So definitely, definitely, you know, remember the compass. Oh, yeah. Uh, back to Boone and Shannon. They start to exit their hidey hole. Uh, so the monster seems to have left them alone. And Boone wants to know what, uh, you know, what's up with Locke? Why did he capture me? You know, Boone, what did you do to Locke to cause this? What's going on? It, it basically just questioning Boone, understandably so, after being yeah. captured by Locke, allegedly. She had a lot of questions. And then we get another flashback of Boone's. Mm-hmm. And in this one, uh, Boone comes to Shana's house, uh, tells her, right, leaving the country. And this is where Brian comes back in, Shannon's boyfriend. And it's revealed they've set up Boone to get the money from him, the 50 grand. Aye, aye, aye. Brian reveals what Shannon has told him of Boone's mom kept all of Shannon's now deceased father's wealth. Yep. Uh, Shannon's done this before, Boone assumes, and Shannon doesn't really deny it, so. Uh, seems like it's the case. Yeah. And Brian just starts beating on Boone. But Shannon does stop Brian. Yeah. And, you know, Boone still, you know, not the best, you know, he got hit quite a bit in the face, gets up and leaves. Uh, were you expecting this? Was this, was this... I, I guess, I don't want to say I was expecting it, but I wasn't surprised by it. Okay, you weren't surprised that he got played by Shannon. Well, I wasn't, like, I, it wasn't at the front of my mind that when the guy said he wanted 50000 that this was a scam to just get money from Boone. Mm-hmm. But once it was revealed, I said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, who wouldn't do that? Who wouldn't? Uh, several people. <laughs> Mr. Sal. Yeah, okay. 50 grand, 50 grand. So. Especially, you know, he doesn't need that 50 grand. Boone gave that away so quickly. He didn't even negotiate. He was so happy to pay that price. I guess. Are we talking about American dollars or Australian dollars, though? It's still a lot of money, American, either you know. way. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's enough of a difference to affect me. I think my answer is equally the same. Uh, anywho, away from that. Um, we get back to Locke. I mean, a little bit of Locke and Jack action here. Mm-hmm. A little bit of that oh. lock charm going on here. Locke's looking into the ocean. Jack comes up to Locke. Hey, see any ships? Yeah. Nope. Uh, what did Locke say, actually? Never do I enjoy Jack as much as when he shares scenes with Locke. Oh, certainly. They they, they mesh so well together. They do. It is. The last time we saw them together is when they were hunting for Claire. And yeah. very, very polar opposites in that episode I, as well. I will take... A Jack with Locke scene any day. So much more interesting than a Jack with Kate scene. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Used to be interesting. Now it's just... Yeah. I don't know what they're doing there. Neither do I. Been a while since they talked. Uh, one of them. Let's out. Jack wants to know where Boone is. And this time, Locke's changed his story from what he told Saeed. He says he hasn't seen him today. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Because... Locke seems like he should be more careful than this. He doesn't know 
that Jack and Saeed haven't talked about Boone today. Yeah, like, what if they talk about Boone today? This was surprising. Yeah, and I really thought this was going to bite Locke in the butt this episode in some way, but it didn't. You know, it doesn't actually, like, haunt him in any way. But maybe it's, it's to show the reader that he is just obviously lying. Because he says one thing to Saeed, one thing to Jack. But we already know he's lying, so I don't... Yeah. I have no clue. Um, but here's interesting tidbit. I didn't actually look it up, so maybe Locke is technically telling the truth. But um, when uh, I think Jack asks about the boars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess because he'd have to be prompted to say this. Yes, about the boars, and Locke just brings up the reason it's getting harder to catch boar because they're probably migrating out of the area due to the new predator, them. You know, the humans. Yep. Because uh, boar are smart, I guess. I don't yeah. know how true that is, but I mean, Locke saying it makes enough sense. Yeah, he says he says that they've identified a new predator, which the way he said it though seemed like there was more to it than just the boar identifying a new predator, but rather Locke or Jack have identified a new predator. Oh. Eat weather. <laughs> no. I mean, so you think you think when when Locke gets his dream team together, Jack will not be a part of it. Hmm. Is that what you're saying? Interesting. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends on what they're doing. Who do you think would be the main antithesis to Locke's dream team? If you had to pick one. Or, do you, think, or do you think Locke will sway everyone? No, it's Jack. Okay, so you do think it will be Jack. Okay. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So, I don't I don't think he's he's ready to go after Jack yet. He seems to be going after people who are at their weakest. Certainly. It it seems though he he helps people. I think it's gonna be putting it that are at their weakest. Like Locke or not Locke. Walt, Mrs. Dog, very bored. Yep. Trying to like his dad. Find I guess Walt doesn't know he helped find Vincent though, granted. So I guess they can't give that credit to Locke. But he still, you know, gives Walt so much, you know, he entertains Walt, starts teaching him how to throw knives, so he really becomes a father figure for Walt. Mm -hmm. And Charlie, obviously in the moth, helped him kick drugs. And here with Boone, putting him through this psycho, I don't know what you want to call it, but hmm. episode, traumatic episode to yeah. teach him a lesson, which... Looks like it does. But anyway, uh, do you want to move on to Kate and Son? Uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like there's more we should say about this scene, but, but nothing's coming to mind right now. Okay. Oh, we can talk about some more. Yeah. So, Kate and Son, uh, Kate just asks, you know, who else knows? Uh, Son actually admits that only Mike is the only other person that knows, which I was surprised by that. I thought Son would just say, no one knows. And she's very adamant not to tell Jin. It's complicated, but don't tell Jin. Don't tell Jin. And Kate is super confused as to not why not tell Jin. And then Sun hits her with the line, "Have you never lied to a man you loved?" And that just shuts Kate up. Oh my god! 
uh, don't know what that's supposed to mean. Probably some okay. sort of force shattering or whatever have you. I mean, no. I'm or sure. or uh, it, it depends. If you thought what happened in her episode with the heist, if she really did love that one guy, or well, actually, she said she killed the person she loved to Jack. So, yeah. Huh? Did she lie to him? Well, she's probably she's lied to him. I mean, several times. You know, the, just about how he killed, like about about where the key was on the marshal. You know, about no, no, not not Jack, the the man she loved. Oh, did she lie to that guy? Yeah, did she lie to that guy? We don't actually know if she did, but I don't, it's kind of presumed I, she did. I, by the way, she responds here. The implication was that she loved Jack and lied to him like crazy. Oh, no. Maybe she loves Jack, but... There was a man she loved, that airplane, so a reminder, that wonderful model airplane that we did not see at all this episode. And Kate never brings out once, despite that whole episode climaxing to that point. What a what a yeah. man episode. Anyway. Hurley uh, and Jin again. Uh, this is funny here. Hurley says there's a rumor that Jin can speak English. And then <laughs> the test of tells Jin. Yeah, your wife is hot. And then <laughs> Jin does not react. Gives Hurley something to like drink. And he just starts hurling and Jin just looks kind of sad. What do, what do you think Jin was trying to do for Hurley? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what these sea urchins are meant to do. Like, yeah, he gave him something to drink. Was that sea urchin? I have no clue. I don't know. I mean, it was in a sea urchin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like in some sort of fishy thing. I don't know if it was sea urchin exactly, but it was like something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not going to dwell on it too much because it doesn't seem all that important, but maybe it was poisonous. He was trying to get him to puke the venom out. Pearson? Uh, maybe. But, yeah. or, they're not actually venomous, right? That was like a whole... Yeah, he didn't ingest the the, seer, the, the venom to begin with. Yeah, I, I have no clue why. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this is where we get Charlie. The other disciple of Locke. Good so, scene. Yeah, this is a great scene. Because we see Charlie... Uh, well, Jack gives Charlie a pill. He takes it, and it's, it's really... You're really wondering, oh, what's that pill? What's up there? What's going on? Uh, Charlie doesn't go to the caves much anymore. He used to be on mm-hmm. cave team. Now he's beach squad member. He needs to change of scenery. Understandably. Mm-hmm. Uh, second week of heroin withdrawal. And then we learn, because Jack teases him, that aspirin is for the withdrawal. <laughs> he took aspirin. He wasn't just popping any old pill. Right. Uh, and then Charlie... Jack asks him... Charlie's thoughts on Locke. And Charlie said at first he thought Locke was a total wacko. But after what he did for him, he trusts Locke the most to save them all, which is a really powerful thing to say. Especially in front of, like, your camp leader. Who actually saved your life, by the way, right? Who who resuscitated you. This man who who arguably saved your life. I mean, I would say most definitely saved your life. There's no argument there. Charlie was dead otherwise. Well, granted, he also did put his life in peril by continuously chasing them, but who's to say they wouldn't have killed him anyway? Seems like they really wanted Claire. Uh, 
Jack, because uh, Ethan threatened to oh. Oh, I see. kill Charlie if you kept following me, and then he hung Charlie. Or hanged, whichever word. I mean, my, my impression there was that Charlie was hanging anyway. Yeah, I... Charlie said that all they wanted was Claire when he got back, so I, I see no reason why they would have kept Charlie alive, but... You know, who knows? Uh, we're gonna say, even if it was so much Jack's fault, he's, he totally saved Charlie. He, he, he definitely saved them from their clutches, because them trying to kill Charlie helped him save Charlie's life and bring him back to the survivors. Um, but despite all that, despite what he did for him, Charlie still thinks Locke. He trusts Locke the most to save them all. Even more than Jack, which which really says something there, right? Because Jack has saved you, but he trusts Locke even more. Well, that. it depends on, on what you're thinking of as the definition of saved. I mean, they, they, you know, Jack has kind of conceded defeat and, and isn't trying really to get them off of the island. Meanwhile, Locke, well, I guess Locke's not really doing that either. So Locke does live on the beach, but he's not really trying to get off the island. No, he lives in the caves. Oh, you're right. He does live in the caves. Yeah. So neither of them are really trying to. They're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, definitely a a big statement to be had. And yeah, by and... the end of this episode, there's definitely three Locke disciples, people who would listen to whatever Locke says. Exactly. And I think that's, I love this scene because of that, because it gives you such clear insight into Charlie's evolution on his thinking of Locke too. The, you know, I thought he was crazy. You know, I was, he was a lunatic. And, and now, you know, what did he exactly say? He said something like, um, I thought I think he called him a wacko, but I'm not sure. Because then he saved my life. Now I trust him above anyone else on the island. Or something along. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't remember his exact wording, but paraphrased. He just trusts him the most. Yeah. Them all. Yeah. It's 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 bold, and it shows that even though that was what six episodes ago at this point. Wow. Yeah, it's still it's still sticking. The moth still, yeah. See, you you were upset that they just kind of forgot about the moth. Yeah, no, I love any callbacks to to things like the moth or the sea urchin, and yeah, I'm good. I I think it's great. Glad to hear. Uh, we also get this little tidbit, and remember, next episode is a Mike episode. Mike and Walt. Oh yeah. See Mike. Uh, here. He had he has found his own luggage, and he was looking inside a box in his luggage and he yep. looks pretty upset looking at it so I can only imagine what he's looking at that's uh, all we know that's all we know we'll probably find out more next episode uh mm-hmm. we'll see walt playing with vincent uh hilly comes in and that's the reason how we know mike found his own bag uh gives some fruit to mike and then jen walks over to hurley and gives him a pre cleaned he's already cleaned out gutted the fish for him and gives it right to Hurley. What a guy. And he goes off and him and Son look like they're having like an actual nice conversation. Like chatting back and forth and walking. So much so Kate even says or no Jack, sorry, Jack's the one that says it, that they look happy. Yeah. Come on. Isn't Jin a great guy? I mean he did a good thing. <laughs> he did he did a couple of good things in this episode. So maybe he, maybe he's turning it around, and and Sun did, did say we already talked about it, but Kate 
asked why not to tell Jin, and she said, because I love him. Yeah, so she still loves Jin, despite... Yeah, I would say she loves him again. I, it really seemed like she had stopped loving him for a while before, obviously before they got stranded on this island, she was ready to leave him, and then suddenly she wasn't, and now then she seemed disgusted by Jin and scared of him on the island. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like they're, they've got a relatively healthy relationship. And things are easing back. Not Which, as turbulent as it was. We'll see, though. See how it goes. You know, the, the, what's interesting, too, like, well, we've talked about the lack of parents in this group. Like, nobody's paired off except for Sun and Jin, too, right? No. Yeah, there is no... Not that we know of. So, like, paired we, off on the island. We know that Rose, Shannon Boone. Rose was with her spouse, with, with, with her husband. Yeah, but we, hasn't, we haven't... Not Bernard. She's the only other person we know of as having... Oh, Saeed has a wife, remember? You said that. <laughs> I'm not entertaining that notion anymore. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's been like the fourth time you brought it up. So I don't know how it's getting brought up so much. <laughs> yeah. anyway, stop forcing it in. But anyway, my point is that there's not a lot of romantic relationships on this island either. Okay, well, I beg to differ because in this scene, Jack gives Kate some guava seeds. Well, nothing says romance like guava seeds. Nothing says romance like that exactly, Mr. Sal. Because clearly there's some there's some sparks flying between Jack and Kate, and I've never had doubts. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, end of that scene. Yeah. Much to go for that, so let's get back to Boone and Shannon. Yeah. Um, where so it's Boone and Shannon, they're looking for their way back. Shannon's just kind of raving about how much she hates Locke and knows that Boone is lying. You know, why are you defending Locke? Uh, you know, he's a smart guy, Boone. Or Boone says Locke is smart. Yep, and then starts confessing about the hatch and you know, tells. Her, what he believes Locke's reasoning for capturing her and him is is because he was going to tell her, you know, Shannon. Yeah. And then the monster comes out again. They hear the monster, and they just you know, bolt. But the monster seemingly, and very quickly, not quickly, but we find out the monster gets Shannon, and Boone yeah. goes looking for her. But during this, we get a flashback. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty shocked by this. I was like, no way. No way, yeah. No. Really? Yeah. The master got Shannon. Not the pilot and Shannon. Uh, the pilot and pilot. I still love that. Uh, <laughs> so good. It's so grand. Um, last flashback. And I, I have to say about this flashback, I think this flashback is the reason why people don't like this episode. Definitely. It's, it's an uncomfortable topic. Right, it's definitely not. At least you're stuck, I guess. But even still, it's it's an uncomfortable topic. Yeah. Uh, Shannon comes to Boone's door. Boone's got, I think, like ice on his face. Answers it, and she says, "Brian took the money." Yep. Boone kind of like teases her, "Hey, player got played." <laughs> uh, and Shannon kind of. I don't know the wording for it, but just she she knows she tells Boone to his face. She knew he'd bring the money, 
because he's in love with her and she's always known it. Yep. And then from there, from there, it kind of escalates, and you know they go at it. Boy, it does escalate, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it escalates, and you know, <laughs> uh, after whatever and they've done, Boone seems to resist it for like a hot second. <laughs> and then he caved in, yeah. <laughs> he like resisting it, but then he caved in. So yeah, tisk tisk. Uh. After after the deed is done, Shannon tells Boone that when they get back to LA, you know, just tell his mom that he saved her and blah blah blah. Everything's back to normal. And Boone, in a very upset way, just kind of goes, "No, back to it was just like that." You know, you yep. you make the shots, and yeah. Boone, Boone gives that same look he was giving Shannon and Say- Saeed for like the last episode, end of last episode, beginning of this episode, so. Well, I think we have to, and this puts so much into context, like the, the, no, I mean, I assume that, that they left the next day, but maybe it was two days later, but I, I'm guessing the next day they were on that flight. So the last, one of the last things they did before they got on the flight that crashed was each other. <laughs> wow, that's just not... What a way of wording it. But yeah, it's been what? They've been on the island for three weeks now. So it hasn't even, it hasn't even been a month, right? Right. So so from from day one that we saw them on the island, you know, that was like a day or two after they had had sex for the first time ever. And well, I don't know if it's the first time ever. We don't know. <laughs> but probably is by the way it looked. But It definitely seemed like the first time. Yeah, I, I would gander to say it was as well. Yeah. But. So... So I mean that I I, I I don't I'm not going to do it, but I'd be interested to go back and watch all the previous episodes and their interactions. Like especially when you know, very early on, it was like episode two or maybe three, where they, where we find out that they were brother and sister, and everybody had kind of been assuming that they were a couple. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to go back and, and just check that out and see. Aboon took that. Knowing now that they had just had sex like two days prior. And that, yeah, Boone is in love with Shannon. According to Shannon. According to Shannon. I mean, Boone Boone didn't seem to deny it. He definitely... Uh, He he denied it for like three seconds. Yeah, okay. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, getting back to Boone's present. uh, He goes looking for Shannon... And he finds bloodied, lacerated, kind of yeah, dead Shannon, and holds her in his arms. Yeah, how sad. And it kind of cuts to black. Whatever. Probably commercial here. And that was pretty shocking to me. Like they they played that out for quite a while. That that, that is a uh, some of my complaints with I feel like this season of Lost. They did it with Charlie. He played out his death. I understand that is like kind of goes with that storyline because Jack couldn't resuscitate the one lady, but then could resuscitate Charlie because he didn't give up. That's fine. But in this case, but that was real. This is totally fake. This is totally fake. Which is, you know, I, I know maybe I'm okay with that because there, there's a very clear reason why it was fake, and that's because Walk pretty much drugged Boone. So yes. anyway, uh, Boone returns back to the group. Finds Law kind of who seems like he was waiting for him. Oh yeah. And uh, tries to rush him down with a knife. Locke, of course, 
calm as a whistle. Don't know why I said that, but you know, calm as a whistle. You know, tells him to calm down. Actually, you know, holds the knife away. Doesn't doesn't let Boone stab him. And Boone just you know yelling at him. She died in my arms. Blah blah blah. I shouldn't say blah blah blah. That is what he says. And Locke tells Boone, "She died in your arms. Why is there no blood on you, Boone?" And this just kind of like breaks Boone's mind. He's like, "Wait a second. Why is there no blood on me?" And this, this kind of this is what calmed Boone down enough that Locke no longer had to like keep resisting him. And Boone starts asking, like, what happened to me? What, what's going on? And then we see Shannon with Saeed, who's clearly okay. She's not dead. Yep. Uh, and Boone just kind of utters, like, she was dead. And Locke seems Locke seemed surprised by Boone saying that. Like, is that yeah. what it made you see? And yeah. this is where it's revealed. That stuff he put on his head drugged him. He drugged Boone to have these hallucinations to... Help Luck go. Um, Locke, so Locke did it to him. Yep. And Locke asks him how it felt when he saw her die. Yeah, this is the important part. This, this, is, yeah, this is the big important part of how Boone is now a recruit of Locke, kind of. Uh, under his rank, under his wing. Boone says he felt relieved when Shannon died. Oof. Which is... It seems super dark. I mean, it is really dark. It, it's, it kind of doesn't make sense at first. Like, what? But didn't you love her? But it can make sense at the same time, too, because she's finally gone. Boone yep. doesn't have to constantly feel like he has to fight for her or he's tempting her or whatever have you. Yeah. I look up forbidden fruit, I guess. I don't know what else you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, there's that, and then there's also the the uh, idea that he's released that he doesn't have to constantly rescue her or worry about her. Mm-hmm. Yep, that too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Locke just tells him, "Yeah, there you go. It's time to let go." Yep. And just instructs him to follow him, and and in that moment, Boone looks over at Shannon and Saeed, looks over at Locke walking away, and gets up and follows Locke. And I think it's really important that Locke uses that specific phrase here follow me yeah he he's collecting followers he's, he's got he's a shepherd getting he, herding his sheep yep now he's got disciple number two he's got charlie for sure he's got now he's got boone for sure and he got both of them by identifying them in their moment of weakness and giving them exactly what they needed to gain whatever strength they didn't know they had so to let, to let go of what was hurting them. So, do you think he's gonna get more sheep? I don't, know, I don't call him. Yeah, sheep. well, I think I think Walt for sure is number three, and he might have been number one, or or number two. Yeah, yeah well, Walt might have already been taken. He definitely likes, probably likes Locke more than Mike. It seems like. Yeah, and I think that the idea that we're getting a Mike Walt episode next would indicate to me that that. Walt is going to be number three, and I'm sure they will get more too. Who, yeah. who else do you think is a possibility to go under the wing of? Well, we know that he wants Saeed. He does want Saeed, yeah, that's true. So that's I think true. I think Saeed is a possibility. Um, I don't think it's going to be Jack. I, I I'd, I'd be, you know, it's it's people who need to let go of something. I wouldn't surprise me if he went after Kate. Um, 
Let's see. I think we have to look at the... This might not always be the case here, but if we look at the the faith sign spectrum here, right? With Locke on one side, Jack on the other, right? Locke can more easily sway those that are on the faith side of the argument, right? Charlie, we know, is kind yeah. of up in there. Boone, we didn't really quite know. but And we did stay on the beach, so, you know, he had some sort of feeling of hope that they could get free. Yeah. Uh, people on the left, Claire, but Claire's gone. Rose has a lot of faith. Right. Know, so, maybe. Yeah, Claire and Rose are good candidates when, when Claire is back. When, yeah, wow, look, look at that. Positivity there. Optimism. Optimism. I'm reasonably certain that Claire gets back. I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, but people on the science side of things, like Sawyer, pretty practical guy, right? Obviously Jack. And I don't think he goes after Sawyer. I don't think he goes after Jack, which is interesting because that would make allies of Sawyer and Jack, which I think would be pretty awesome, actually. The tag team duo. And enemies made friends for an enemies. You know what the most interesting thing about this is? Huh. I'm really interested in whether because you obviously know where this is going, and I'm really interested in whether you're just uh, um, playing along because it's fun, or if this is for sure true. Oh, like whether I'm actually telling you. Well, you know if I'm right or not. No, I have no clue. Oh, stop. Okay, yeah. Maybe I know some things that you don't. But <laughs> I don't know everything. There's a lot of episodes. <laughs> I can't remember everything. But I remember the big picture stuff. I know I know a sweeping picture. Do you think do you think they'll try to get the, the quans? I think one of them. Oh, okay. But not the other okay, you think he'll cause a divide in the quans. Okay. I uh right. I don't I don't think he wants Hurley. Yeah, they'll say anything Hurley, okay. I don't think he wants Hurley. You don't think he wants Hurley, or do you think he couldn't get Hurley if he wanted to? Uh, I don't think he wants him. Oh, wow. Okay. No, this, this is the other thing. I, I, I'm trying to figure out if there's a type that he wants. Walt is throwing me off. Because, you know what? I wonder if he gets Michael. Maybe he gets Michael through Walt? Yes. I'll say right now, Michael despises Locke as of now, but yeah. you, you think he could win Mike over? Or just not even win him over, but kind of get him by force by having Walt? Not. I don't think it would be in that way. I think that he could, he could win him over by... Boy, I don't know. I, you know. You gave him the dog, yeah. You like gave him... All the, I, I still can't believe Mike hates... Uh, that's so weird. Block after we did for him. Anyway, I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much because the, the only problem with speculating is I, I almost dislike being right more than I dislike being wrong. <laughs> wow, look at that. Because when I speculate too much, if I figure it all out, then I'm like, oh, well, that was pretty obvious. I'm not sure I like that very much. Okay. Well. So, <laughs> you still give it an 8 out of 10? Uh, yeah, I think eight is probably the... the, the not an 8.5, not a 9 out of 10? I, I think I'm sticking with an 8 because, uh, again, it's like the Kate and Jack stuff is really annoying. It is, uh, it is really, I, I agree with you. Not enough Sawyer. Not, yeah, not definitely not. Not enough quality Sawyer. Yeah, and the, the Hurley stuff, while it's fun, it's entertaining, has like nothing to do with what else is going it's on. It's to do what's going on, but it's like, it takes up like five minutes of the episode. 
I'm, I mean, you know, in four, five out of 42 is that's a, not an insignificant chunk of the episode. How's your oh, potato potato? Okay, <laughs> and zero references to Claire is like really annoying. Oh, yeah, did they even reference? No, they referenced Claire, Charlie did. Okay. He's the only one who still remembers her. <laughs> Maybe you should make like the survivors and let go a little, Sal. Maybe you won't get Claire back for as quick as you think you will. Well, I won't say it on the on air right now. I do know <laughs> one of the titles of one of the very soon coming up episodes oh you think that's a, mm, okay i see what you think there you know the episode title i'm talking about yeah homecoming that's what i thought yeah you gave it away no no i'm not i'm giving it away so you I, think claire is going to come back in homecoming the next one is special but the one after that is homecoming right yes okay I, so your I, prediction is that she comes back home. okay well let's we'll put a pin in there okay okay no, I'll take that. I no, I thought you gave it between an eight and a nine, but still an eight, and you you did give it an eight, and it yep. was between an eight and a nine. So I I'll take that as a win on the prediction. Yes. Almost like you only scored out of three things usually. <laughs> exactly. But, I'm still waiting for the six or the ten on lost. But. I, I still get eerily close, despite the, I, I I know where you're battling between them. If you point out the battles, yeah. Uh, I I spend hours trying to figure out what you're gonna rate your episode. Well, it's it's usually safe to say eight, since you're only gonna be off by at most one, right? As based on what you've seen so far. Yeah. Uh. Any any other questions? Overarching questions for Lost. Uh, you know, I, I really, really want to return to the, the Claire, Ethan stuff. Okay, well, I'm just going to go with the bold prediction. These are your two bold predictions that you made this episode of. Hatch gets opened before the end of season one. Claire comes back in Homecoming. Is the, right. Are those both yes. two fair assessments? Okay. Very and good. Gentlemen, you guys heard it here first. Mr. Sal's made his predictions. Uh... Uh, thank you everyone for watching Showhoppers. Uh, contact us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe, give us five stars, share the podcast. I, I don't know how you can share the podcast. Um, you do have to sign your name. Just write Showhoppers Podcast instead of signing. No one really cares. I mean, I guess it depends what you're signing. If you're signing a check, your bank will probably. Not with that cash, maybe. I don't, I don't know how often they catch those things, but if, you, if you're, like, in a store, if, like, you're getting, like, a mail delivery and they make you sign, it's not like anyone's going to look at that. Or if you're, like, at a any, restaurant. Any can... check that you write under memos or notes or comments. There you go. <laughs> like, watch Showhoppers. Yeah, whatever you need it to use it for, and then the rest of the line. Listen to Showhoppers. Listen, yeah. Why would you say watch, Mr. Sal? Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah, just put that in your memos of your checks, because I'm sh- I I don't know how much automation there is between checks going, but maybe someone at the bank will see that and they'll be like, ah, listen <laughs> to show hoppers. Exactly. Um, Write it on a dollar bill. 
I have seen like a track this bill or I forget yeah. what the site is, but yeah, people put that stuff on bills. Like, George.com or something. There it is, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. So I should do so, that myself. It it is it is illegal to deface. You're not supposed you're not supposed to write on bills though. That is illegal. So Fair enough. We didn't tell you to do that. That being said, we think it's just cool if we saw that. You should not do that. But if I saw a bill in circulation that should show Hopper's pocket, even though I would not write it on the bill, but if I saw it pre-existing, a crime done by another individual, I would think that's very cool and a great way for other people to find the podcast. No, I would not advocate for doing such vile criminal behavior. Oh, we don't want criminal scum. Much like I don't want people giving, uh, using someone else's social security number without their permission, which you've been over. No one will do. Uh, Better not. <laughs> please don't. Uh, anything else you have to say, Mr. Sal? No, I'm all set for this episode. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, and uh, see you next week.